Hi, welcome to Per My Last Email. This is your host, Michaela. Every other week, I'll be coming on here to tell you everything going on in my life. Sometimes it'll be real estate and some tips and tricks for all of you. Sometimes it'll be everything that drives me crazy about building a business, but it'll always be something you can relate to and be like, yep, definitely feel that. Each episode is meant to inspire, connect, and maybe lead you to a glass of wine while we all discuss the many reasons we've all thought about writing emails, starting with the phrase, per my last email. This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, welcome to episode nine of the Per My Last Email podcast. This is your host, Michaela, and I'm just so happy that you guys are here listening. Our little community is growing, which makes me just the happiest little girl in the world. I feel like every other week when I released a podcast, I get a couple new followers, a couple extra listens per week, and that just tells me that you guys are sharing the podcast and liking it and listening and telling your friends. So if you're not doing that, this is... I guess my call to action for you to do so. If you like what you're hearing, please share it. In the near future, this is kind of like a secret I'm gonna let you know about right now, but in the near future, maybe in about a month, month and a half, I'm gonna have a really special, exciting event that I'm gonna announce that's gonna have to do with the podcast. And I don't want your friends and family to find out about the podcast on that day. I want them to know ahead of time. So please do share if what we're talking about resonates with you or your girlfriends and you know you want them to hear it too or honestly if you just think i sound crazy and you want to share a crazy person that's fine too i honestly don't care if you're making fun of me at this point but please just share the podcast on this episode on episode nine i've got a guest named marcy claybon and she is the medical director of a sort of revolutionary members club here in chicago and my conversation with her was amazing so i'm excited to let you guys hear it and get right into it but i did want to chat about a topic that her and i kind of touch on but really had me thinking for a few days after our interview and it had me thinking about specificity. On the first podcast I ever recorded with my girlfriend, Chelsea, we discussed how Chelsea went about getting her dream job. There was no opportunity available. There was no job posting on LinkedIn. The company didn't even really need her but she was adamant that she could bring something to the company that she wanted to work for that they needed. And she went out of her way to prove it to them. And ultimately they did hire her. I sort of have always operated from the same place of figure out exactly what you want and then go climb the mountain to go get it. But there's a whole nother way of thinking, which is if you just keep yourself open to all opportunities that present themselves to you, maybe rather than creating the mountain you have to climb up, the right mountain is presented to you. And that climb is a bit easier than the one you insist on making when you've decided the top of some mountain is the one you have to achieve. Like I said, I typically decide on a mountain and then force my way up it, complaining the entire time on how hard it is to climb said mountain. But I'm so stuck in my belief that I'm right in my thinking that that mountain is in fact the one I should climb, that that kind of is the thing that pushes me up the mountain. As you'll hear my conversation with Marcy, her situation was a bit different. And it really got me to thinking about just how we approach the things we want in our lives. There's sort of this idea And I don't really know if it's religious. I guess it's religious. But I feel like I hear a lot of people say, when you pray for things, pray very specific. 
Don't say, I want to be happy. Say, I want X, Y, Z that you already know would make you happy. You've got to be specific because otherwise the energy you're putting into the world isn't going to come back to you the way you want it. But what if you aren't specific? What if you just are open? Does it work the same way? If you're just open to opportunities and as they show up to you, you say yes to all of them and just see where they lead you, do you get just as many opportunities as if you put the energy forward that it's what you want? I don't know. You know, I I have this conversation with, with my clients all the time, with design clients, with clients that are buying or selling or renting apartments, be specific on what you want because how on earth can we find or make what you want if you don't know what you want, right? Like there's gotta be this exploratory period of time where you explore all the different types of bathrooms you could have, all the different types of colors of tiles there are, and then you pick the ones that you like, you pick the styles that you like, and then somebody like me comes and takes your likes and makes them into a space. Or, you know, if you don't know if you need, I don't know how you wouldn't know if you needed one bedroom or two bedroom or three bedrooms, but maybe you don't know what neighborhood you like. I, as your realtor, would tell you to go look at your top three or your top five and knock a couple off the list so that we can get really specific and ultimately find the home you're looking for rather than looking everywhere, which inevitably gives us far too many options. And then we never find anything. You're homeless and I'm sad because I never earn an income. I don't know. I always approach everything with this concept that we've got to get specific. But Marcy's story really shows that just saying yes to opportunities might lead you to the very thing that sort of fulfills you that you didn't even know could exist. And if that's the case, then you don't need to be specific at all. But I think that there's a timeline as well to consider, which I guess I haven't thought about. But if you leave yourself open and just let the chips fall where they may, that doesn't happen on your timeline. You don't get the apartment in the fall of 2022 or 2021 like you decided you needed to. You get the apartment when the right one shows up, if you can even acknowledge when the right one shows up. I don't know. It's an interesting concept. It's not one I've really thought about in depth other than to say that I have always been the like, rake the brick wall in front of you and go get what you want. And I will tell you, which I have been telling, I feel like my close circle for the last six months, the problem with breaking down the brick wall and going to get what you want is that you end up covered in scrapes and bruises along the way. And it hurts and it's unpleasant and it's really freaking hard. And as somebody covered in bruises at the moment, I wonder, is Marcy's version easier? Thanks so much for doing this. You're welcome. This um, fun. You, so here's a little confessional okay. moment. Yes. You are my first person that I literally have no way of knowing outside of finding you on the internet and saying, hi, please be my friend. Which is awesome. Like you are my first rando. Was it through Instagram? Yeah, so I follow this members club called Beyond, and I guess they were like featuring different people that work there. And so you got featured, and I read the little bio. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I need her. How do I get her? And at that point, to that point, I haven't yet. Now I have, but to that point, I hadn't like reached out to any random people. Yeah. Anybody that I've had on the podcast that I don't personally know has been like a friend of a friend or like 
I didn't ever have to like go and like pitch. Yeah. If that makes sense. Proactive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, I want her. Who do I know? Oh, she knows her. Okay. I'll take her to drinks and then she'll get me this person. And then yeah. I would get where I wanted to go. Well, I love it because I have never been like a very social media mm. person. So Bianca's kind of bringing that side out of me. I have this mix. I'm a Leo, right? I'm very into astrology. So Leo sun and Leo ascendant. And I have all of that. But at heart, I'm still kind of an introvert. So so having stuff about me on Beyond or now yeah. even having my own like public Instagram feed is all like new territory <laughs> that comes with this new arena of this job. And it's been kind of fun kind of connecting with people that I haven't had prior connections with and wouldn't like would, not wouldn't have, have prior have. connections with. Yeah. But yeah, still like this is so fun. This is <laughs> this, is so this wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. without social media. So while we can like say it's annoying, yeah. like serves a purpose. Yeah, fair enough. So let's kind of start a little bit at the beginning. Do you want to kind of introduce yourself and who you are right now? And then we'll kind of work backward and see where you started. So my name is Marcy Claibon. I am an internal medicine physician by training and currently work as a concierge primary care physician and the medical director for Beyond, which is a new private members club here in Chicago which is rooted in holistic health and wellness. It also has a social club element. So there's a bar, there's a gym, there's classes and things and social events. But I'm on sort of my own side of it in the medical Mm -hmm. arena and currently building a very small private internal medicine practice. Got it. And would that internal medicine practice be within the club? Is that how that works? So basically it was initially designed as sort of such a business model in which you'd only be a patient in my practice if you were a member of the club. COVID has kind of taken a hit and made things sort of start smaller. And on account of that and just being able to be more widely available in the community, you can actually join my practice separate from being a club member. Mm. And it's private-based. We don't take insurance. It's sort of upfront annual membership fee. It's essentially how it works. Got it. This kind of has nothing to do with anything, but is everything at Beyond now that way? Or is it just this piece of it? The sense of like, you don't have to be a member to play in the different arenas. Good question. It's more just the medical piece. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a member to go for an acupuncture treatment. You have to be a member to get a massage there with some exception. If you have a guest pass and you bring someone in or I will frequently invite friends for happy hour. Or like me. Yeah. Just (laughs) hang out at five and welcome all the time. Literally. Really what I'm getting at is how do I get in without being a member? This is where the line of questioning is headed. You just come hang out with me for drinks at five o'clock anytime you want. Excellent. See, now we're getting to the root of my questioning. Yes. Got it. I was just trying to understand where me and vodka can enter. Yes, absolutely. With Beyond. I understand. And that. they also, there are like social events that they mm. have on Saturday nights. There was a party there where I was literally at Beyond from eight o'clock at night until almost two in the morning. And same thing, people yeah. brought guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's kind of work backward. How did you end up at this like amazing, beautiful? Also, I will tap this at the bottom of this podcast, but if you just look at the aesthetic of Beyond, it is a dream. It is like my little designer's dream in reality. It's just the aesthetic is so calming and so inviting yeah. that I'm just obsessed. How did we get there? I don't know if we have to go into detail, but kind of give me the quick gist of like, who were you as a third grader? And then who were you at 25? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's see. 
So starting from scratch kind yeah. of thing in a, a just a bit way. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was always pretty well-rounded and pretty academic kid, kind of dabbled in everything. Mm. I wanted to be an architect growing up. (laughs) I was more into art, uh, foreign language. I was a Spanish minor in college, writing. These were more of my fortes. I would not say that I was a math and science person as a kid. I actually went to college undecided my first year, but grew up in a family of health professionals. So my brother is an anesthesiologist, sister is a physical therapist, dad is a retired dentist, and mom was a nurse who still does wellness coaching. This was almost like in my blood. Yeah, I was everyone was doing it. Interested in nutrition and health and would read magazines mm-hmm. about that. So kind of had a very abstract and idealistic vision of working in the health field. Yeah. And then kind of had to choose something. It sounds so crazy because you think people grow up like, I want to be a doctor mm-hmm. when I grow up. No, it was, I had to choose something yeah. in college and... I went the pre-med route, Mm. and so I took that journey, which is obviously a lot of school, and then years of residency training, and then ended up working at Tufts Medical Center in Boston. That's the same place I did residency, and after that, upon moving to Chicago, worked at Northwestern, so had been basically a very busy primary care physician at these large group hospital practices for nine to 10 years or so after residency. And it's the daily grind and what you think of as like busy doctor's office. Um, Doctors this day and age are very overwhelmed. It's a real thing. And sort of simultaneous with me starting to feel like I was looking for something that was going to burn me out less and be more innovative, I actually received a message on LinkedIn from a recruiter who was uh, a friend of one of the Beyond owners. And I have honestly not checked LinkedIn or utilized LinkedIn for probably my entire life. Fair enough to this. But as sort of fate would have it, I saw this and I was like, okay, wow, that sounds kind of cool. And it's funny. I was thinking of something on an extremely small scale. I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, this is going to be like this little place the size of my apartment where people can come get a massage and maybe see a physical therapist and see the doctor while they're there and maybe get a glass of wine. Like I had no idea what the level of this was. I had Mm -hmm. no idea that Beyond actually had an integration with the Boca restaurant group. I had no idea what this level was of anything. So I say, sure. I I answer their prelim Mm -hmm. questions and I agree to meet Joe and Rob, who are the, the CEO and the president of Beyond, two of the partners. We met in the West Loop. Yeah. And In preparation for meeting these guys, I'm like, oh, I should look online just to see who Rob Leone is. Who these people are, yeah. I'm meeting. And one of the first things that pops up is this article in like Crane Chicago Business Insider. And I'm like, holy shit, this is more than I bargained for. Um, these are not like just two guys like yeah. in a little like shop so on the I'm corner. So I'm sitting there because I'm like, I'm just going to like grab some coffee yeah, and I'm see like, what they're about. And I'm like, this is real. a bigger deal than I yeah. thought. I'm really like taking up these guys' time with literally at the time probably in my head like a 5% chance mm. of leaving my right. dedicated, you know, patient panel. Did you have a practice job. of your own at the time? I was not in private practice, but I worked as a physician at you know, a thriving practice yeah. on site at Northwestern. I see. Okay. So one of the Northwestern Medical Group hospital-based practices. Got it. 
and was successful. I mean, it was you were like very comfortable. Good. It was comfortable. Yeah. I had good salary. I you know had a patient panel that was working. I think I was more like dabbling in mm. the idea of something creative without actually having intention yeah. to really switch my whole life around. And you didn't go looking for it. It just like I didn't showed go looking up. for it. It came to me. And it's funny because as I think back, like I live a few blocks away up the street. Yeah. It was oh, sort of like, and it's in the neighborhood. Yeah. Just so many it's things like all kind of very have convenient. oddly fell mm-hmm. into place yeah. and sort of going into the like life works how it should. So upon meeting with these guys, they're showing me on their computer, <laughs> like just, you know, blueprints of this yeah. club and Karen Harold, who is this ridiculously amazing yeah. world-class designer yeah. and what she's creating. And then in pops, you know, do you know Angelo Costas? Well, he's the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. internal medicine doctor, very well known physician in, in Chicago. Julius Few, one of the best facial aesthetic plastic surgeons mm. in the world, actually. So kind of just a lot of clout here <laughs> yeah. in, in combination with just something right up my alley. And so, you know, I kind of went home with the idea, but again, kind of like, wow holy shit, what is this? (laughs) But still, even, I mean, still for weeks, not really thinking thinking I was going to take this too seriously, but it just kept being like, well, then we'd like you to meet Dr. Costas, Mm -hmm. and then we'd like you to meet Luviotas, who's on our medical board. Did you ever get, like, an understanding of, like, where the hell they found you? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I suppose you, you could look at... You know, Northwestern's website of yeah. female physicians or look at, you know, physicians in the area, mm. kind of generally speaking. Yeah. It's interesting because I realized it's a bit of a niche for what they would be looking for yeah. and what would fit the bill for this practice. So um, you can't be too young, right? Because then you're not experienced yeah. enough and then you're not going to seem respectful for right people of this level who are successful and they want the doctor who knows your stuff. You can't be too old or then you're kind of tired, you're a little outworn, you're already burnt out. Outdated a bit as well. Yeah. Outdated on sort of the newer stuff. You can't be too Western medicine kind of obsessed. You, You have to have an open mind to the other side. You also can't be too Eastern too Eastern and too much into only functional medicine. There's a whole world. We need to be able to treat back pain and sinus yeah. infections. And, and the basics. Yeah, too. the basics. I happen to be single and I don't have children. So yeah, we're gonna get I, into that. you know, I, I don't need to go home yeah. and split my time between beyond and trying to take yeah. care of two kids and, right. and everything. So it was really like, a perfect fit and it kind of again yeah it goes back to I feel like beyond kind of found me mm-hmm. and I accepted that into my world yeah. almost like law of attraction type yeah. of energy so and it wasn't really something that you were from what you it sounds like it wasn't something that you were like really asking the world for either yeah it I think it worked that way because yeah. it was you I wasn't open. looking to leave a job right. I wasn't desperate and I think when you have an open mind to the world in general but you're not desperate to have to have something right now yeah um then you're kind of in line with having exactly what you're supposed to have at any given point yeah that's fair yeah that's very fair I do think like I've talked about it on this podcast like there have been times when I have felt very like, okay, I have a problem to solve. I need to solve the problem. And you sort of just like 
ram yourself into the wall Mm -hmm. because you're like, we got to, we got to get to the other side of the wall Yeah, at whatever speed we need, you know, but we've got to get there. Yeah. And your result isn't always the one you ultimately wanted. Yeah. Because you're like forcing, I call it forcing the universe rather than just letting it happen. Absolutely. um, And letting it sort of settle in the places it was going to settle. So it was a good way. I mean, I was lucky because I came into it in a situation like, let, Let me see. think about if this is going to work yeah. for me as opposed right. to, I need this. I need this. I want this. How yeah. do I get this? Yeah. Fair. Okay. So you ultimately decide you're leaving Northwestern, your practice kind of that you've got going on now and you're switching to beyond. And was this like before even beyond was open or was beyond kind of already up and running? Cause it, it took a while for beyond to get yeah. It's life together. This was around, let's see, November of 19. 2019 yeah. or so. The fall of 2019 is when I initially started Having talking to these guys and meeting people from this company. I ultimately left my job at Northwestern around July of 2020. It was a while later. And if you can imagine in the midst of trying to make this decision, like, am I going to leave my very stable, Stable. consistent, know it's going to be there for me at the end of the day, even if I'm a little burnt out in it world to go sort of take a chance at beyond we're in the midst of the COVID pandemic. Like what does medicine even look like? Yeah. And so that was a bit anxiety provoking, but it kind of came down to sort of you only live once. I, you know, if this doesn't work out, then something else will. I think I kind of just still went with it, but yeah. Did you feel like, well, if this doesn't work, like Northwestern will always take me back. A little. And I think it was kind of like, they're a big company and they need doctors. Yeah. Like they're, there's always an option to kind of go back to the yeah. the, status quo. the status quo and, um, you know, who knows. So anyway, that was kind of that was, what brought yeah. me there. So one of, I think, the most exciting things about Beyond, this is new to you since you don't know me yet, but those yeah. of the listeners that have listened, I am like half sees really like Western medicine. That makes sense. You need an antibiotic. You have an infection. And then I'm super like woo-woo in ways. Yeah. Like, my mom used to take me to like the really craziest doctors on the planet that would like stare in your eyeballs and tell you what allergies you had based on staring at your eyeballs. Like the, the craziest stuff. My yes. mom took me to the craziest people. And I'm kind crazy. of, I like, kind of like believe yeah. in 90% of it. Yeah. What I always thought when I was like reading about beyond opening and like beyond in its existence is that it's kind of like the combo of the two in one place. So yeah. you are the director of Western medicine and then there's a different director that's the director of Eastern medicine and you guys play together. Yes. Is that right? So yes. <laughs> Unofficially. Um, I think that clears it up. Yes. So Sandra Subatich is our director of Eastern medicine. So she... Oh, that's literally what it's called? Yes. Oh, I, I thought I yeah, made that up. You got it. And maybe I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. So she serves as, you know, she's an acupuncturist. She is an Eastern medicine healer. She does energy work and cupping procedures, does a lot with herbal supplementation. So she is on site. And then I am more or less sort of medical director for in general, but we kind of work together. We we also have a naturopathic nutritionist on site, Dr. Ben Shaw. I'm going to move on to Beyond. I'm just going to sell my condo. I don't need this place anymore. Beyond is literally next door and I'm going to move there. That seems like a way better idea. It's 
crazy. So it's number one, it's something that seems innovative. It really shouldn't it, be. No. Like this should have existed. This is just yeah. this is how time. like all humans should be interacting um, with medicine. And not just us. There's a chiropractor, there are personal trainers there, yeah. there are, you know, Pilates instructors and yoga classes to go to. There's a rehab specialist who works on your shoulder when you need it. There's a chiropractor. There's you know, various entities all in one site. And it's not uncommon that a person is utilizing these different modalities and these different approaches. But in the normal world, you're like, oh, good, you're, you're going to acupuncture. I hope that's working. There's really no sense of after today's session, let me give a let me go find Sandra and we'll we'll talk yeah. and see kind of what she's doing with you, what I'm doing with you, make sure it's and how to together. make everything work together. Um, I'll touch base with Ben mm-hmm. and see if we can kind of figure out in terms of the supplements and the nutritional plan you're taking, how we can move forward. And so, really, even just the communication between yeah. these things, all in one playing field and at one site is. Again, like, shouldn't be innovative. No. How has that not been how medicine is practiced? But kind of is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time. Like, wouldn't it be so much easier if all the freaking doctors could talk to each other? Yes. And instead of the patient being, like, the project manager of the experience. (laughs) Or, like, trying to solve a problem. Like, the patient is the project manager. And they're, like, running to all these different doctors who have no communication with one another. Yes. And then they're getting all this information and trying to, like, dilute it down and make it all make sense together. Yes. Wouldn't it make sense that the medical team would do that? Right. You would think. You would think. One would think. And then it gets weirder. Um, when you're an athlete, they do. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, should be for yeah, everyone. Yeah. When you're an athlete, the medical team doesn't back take care of you right. properly. When you're Everything just like a human together. Yeah. on the street. There's no... There's no communication. Yeah. There's Cohesiveness. No, yeah, yeah. Everything's kind of one. So it gets weirder in the sense that... There's a lot of woo energy mm. in Beyond. Yeah. So without this being, this could be its entire own podcast, mm. to be honest. But I have spirit guides that I utilize and speak with. Sandra, who I mentioned, is an intuitive. One of our meditation instructors who is an artist there and the wife actually of the CEO considers herself an intuitive and mm-hmm. uses that spiritual Ener- mentality mm-hmm. and energy. energy. And then Beyond recently hired a psychologist to kind of play a role in the mental health piece, who also is an intuitive and actually has her own podcast that is rooted in some of these spiritual psychic experiences that people have. And it is really honestly like odd. It's getting weird by the moment how much (laughs) of that exists there. As someone who's kind of into the woo-woo, I will say that... There's sort of, I think, a collective consciousness that is coming out at this time. Yeah. And I'm starting to see that amongst patients, amongst family mm-hmm. members, amongst normal people, where we're just, there's something beyond this. Yeah. And just trying to feel that out and, and open ourselves to that. And as someone in a healing profession, I think that's so important because I'm not religious, but, yeah. but I'm spiritual. I'm kind of out there. There's got to be something beyond this because we don't have all the answers. Right. You know, why do we feel so crappy? Why do we get sick? Yeah. That kind of ties it together. Ties everything together and kind of requires some utility of, of something beyond 
what we have here to explain that. Yeah, I agree completely. When I was reading kind of your synopsis that you wrote me, there's a topic I really want to get into with you that I thought it was really important that we explain kind of who we are to start. So when I started this podcast, like I, in my head, I was like, this is going to be a business focused podcast. We're going to talk about business things. We were never going to be professional realistically. For those people who know me personally know that I'm basically incapable (laughs) of being professional fully. But what I didn't realize when I started the podcast is it's actually impossible to have a podcast that is specifically for women in business without talking about women's family life. Mm -hmm. Because who you are in the business world, the business world doesn't let you be that person without addressing whether you feel the need to procreate, whether you want to procreate, whether you plan to procreate next week, whether you plan to procreate in three years, like the business world won't allow you to exist without those questions answered. Yeah. And although I kind of have been an entrepreneur basically from like day one, I have hit less of that in business. I hit a lot of it in personal, Mm -hmm. but in my business world, no one really bothers me about it because I don't really like, there's no like big company, you know, trying to figure out if I'm going to produce X product for them in six months or in two years. But for somebody who isn't an entrepreneur, I think a business is always going to ask women that annoying question. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be this like point of contention. Yeah. Until maybe we can figure out how to not be jackasses. But so what I love that you wrote, no one yet has done this. When I, you know, send the, the questions in the beginning to have you respond, which is then how I decide where the conversation yeah. is going to go in the podcast, kind of how I prep. No one has talked about that before in their answers. And I so love what you had written about it. So if it's cool with you, I'd like to kind of gear the conversation that way yeah and chat about like start from the beginning but like you wrote the following something along the lines of like if 25 year old you knew 39 year old you (laughs) was and what she would have accomplished she would have been like shocked yeah because it's not it doesn't look like what 25 year old you thought it was gonna look like I think in a way 25 year old me I think I'm both shocked and not shocked. Yeah. I don't know. It's an odd mix. But I do think my younger self kind of just presumed I would do the things that people do, which at the time knew I would be a doctor at yeah. some point. But I think I thought I would get married. I thought I would have children. I thought I two would and a half probably, yeah, two and a half children with yeah. like a picket fence yeah. and, and a, a daughter too. Yeah. yeah. A labradoodle in yeah. the backyard yeah. and live in the suburbs or at the very least, Lincoln Park, yeah. right? Like, this is very standard um, stuff. And my road in life just didn't take that route. And I've had relationships that just didn't work out. It, you know, I at one point saw a therapist for two years thinking, like, what is wrong with me? Like, we gotta I, I get gotta to fix the, it. We gotta get to the nitty gritty yeah. here of what my personal life issues and trauma <laughs> yeah. are preventing me from having. And Honestly, I think I just got to a point where you make that transition from, oh my gosh, why don't I have these things Mm. to probably because in a way you're subconsciously sort of choosing not to, not to, like you like your independence, you like your life. And sort of in the same way, I wasn't looking for beyond or looking for that route, but it came to me like, this is what's come to me. And I think it's hard for a lot of women. I see people and I experienced this in probably my early thirties, like, why don't I have the boxes checked that everyone checks off? And when you get to the point where like, I don't know, but I'm really happy the way, you know, this is, it's kind of this very freeing feeling. And I would say 
comes with its own limitations. So sometimes I'm lonely and yeah. certainly I might like a, a good relationship if it's there, but it has also sort of allowed me to have the freedom that I have, kind of go on the adventures that I have. I can fly to Europe and yeah. non-COVID normal times if I feel like it. And I kind of love that. It's allowed beyond in my working world to kind of be my top priority. And so things come at you in life. My philosophy being pretty spiritual, again, philosophical, fatalistic, if you will. Things happen kind of as they're meant to, or hopefully they do. And if not, then it goes back to that forcing thing. But so I think I've experienced things maybe like opposite of some people, like where it's not trying to deal with all the life priorities and how am I yeah. going to handle the kids and all of that. It, it's it's sometimes sort of the, the factor of thinking that people are kind of looking at you like, why don't you? Yeah. Why aren't you married? Like, where's your ring? Where, you know, you're pretty, you're successful. Like, what's the um, deal? What's the deal? Yeah. Where, where's, where's that side of things? And trying to even know what the answer to that is, even yeah. to yourself, you're kind of like, I don't know, it just is like, what it this is. This is where we are. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. Yeah. Sir. So that's kind of just been interesting where I kind of realized that I was navigating a little bit of a non-traditional path and that's my normal. And yeah. I, you know, I think it's becoming somewhat more normal for a lot of people, but we live in a pretty traditional society yeah, still, where, where yeah. people still question or, or whatnot. And then on the flip side, I've had a lot of you know colleagues, I have family members, I have watched a lot of women in the working world trying to do the same job that I'm doing. And I'm sitting here thinking, my God, I'm exhausted like just doing this. Yes. In my former job, I mean, I could go home and just chart in my medical record piece until nine or 10 o'clock yeah. at night. That's fully independent of having kids that need a bath and yeah, a family and to and... make food for and like do the homework with. And so, yeah, I would say in a way, you know, being a workaholic is, you, that can be a luxury in a way. And I think we live in a society where I know friends of mine have felt pressure. It's mm-hmm. like on the one end, you're sort of supposed to be super mom and the perfect mom on the same front you're supposed to be super career woman women can do everything right and striking that balance or saying enough is enough or learning where the priorities lie it's hard super hard do you ever feel like there was a point well it sounds like a little bit like you went to therapy for a couple years you're like I gotta like we've got a problem I've got to solve it like what the hell yeah was there a point where you were like I throw my hands up and I'm like you know what this is who I am take it leave it like have your opinion but like I'm actually happy yeah I think I definitely had that transition I don't think it was overnight I think it was gradual Mm. I think I started to realize my gosh we kind of choose things for ourselves, don't we it's you know it's it's easy to date the wrong person repeatedly and then throw your hands in the air and say every guy is unavailable and sometimes turning around and saying maybe you're unavailable because you don't want to be available you know you keep picking unavailable people on purpose um and i think when you can recognize that Mm -hmm. in yourself and then instead of harping on yourself or saying what's wrong with me saying okay and that's okay yeah you know and then it comes down to personal happiness so if you're on that same trajectory but you truly truly long for a husband and you long for children and if you know you don't feel like you're going to be complete without that then it is probably time to go back to therapy yeah fair enough so it's interesting you mentioned it a little bit but like 
do you feel like because you were single, you didn't have children, kind of your work life was unrestricted in many ways? That is one of the reasons beyond worked for you or you worked for them more more like you worked for them realistically you mean like the opportunity yeah. for beyond yeah 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 I mean I think that it felt much more realistic to join beyond and I won't say this I won't say that there's any perceived discrimination no. or anything like that I mean I could have had kids yeah. and you know I even negotiated into my contract just in theory if I yeah. have a life change in two years you know yeah, right. how are you guys going to handle maternity leave like so by no means was there like a pressure on that end mm. or like a, a sense of discrimination but just from coming at it from my own yeah. thoughts on yeah. it you know man if I try to like build a practice and this takes a few years before you right. get people completely on board and to trust you and yeah. to come back to you and to yeah. know know you that's gonna be real hard if I'm out for three months at a time multiple times to have babies so you know life happens as it is but with the idea that I don't think I'm going to have children Mm. it kind of made it more freeing on that end and just more just easier in a way yeah to Um, to wrap your head around I can focus on this piece a new adventure yeah in in its entirety because it is it's a whole thing yeah Totally. It's a whole thing. You live near Beyond, which means you also live near me, in theory. Yes. (laughs) After college, did you mean to move here? Like, did you mean for your life to be here? Did you mean to be in a big city? Did you mean for it to all play out this way? So eight-year-old me actually wrote in a book that is at my aunt's house, actually. When I grow up, I'm going to live in Chicago. (laughs) So on the one hand... I guess I was meant yeah. to be here. Yeah. Did you visit I, Chicago as a kid? Like, did you have any? Yes. So my mom actually, my, my father's originally from Cincinnati. Okay. And my mother actually grew up on the south side of Chicago. Got it. They are their own very interesting story. Everything's a tangent, right? Yeah. So my father is a, like, pretty religious, conservative Jewish man. Okay. My mother went to 12 years of Catholic school Perfect. and grew up yeah. in sort of a blue-collar neighborhood, yeah. sort of deep south side of Chicago. And how they came to be is interesting, but yeah. they met in Chicago in the 70s. And so we grew up as kids coming to Chicago to go to my grandparents' house. My mom was one of seven kids, so we would spend time with our cousins and come downtown to Chicago. But I remember thinking, as I was younger, thinking, like, Chicago, it's too easy, it's too bro it's too Midwest. Yeah. I don't want that. And so... I went to Ohio State for medical school and had been basically all of my schooling up until 25 was in the state of Ohio. And so I wanted just a shift. Sure. And Um, Ohio State wasn't bro-y at all. Just so we're cool. (laughs) Chicago's really bro-y. But not at all. Ohio State was like the clear choice to avoid that. But so I ended up in Boston, Massachusetts Mm. for my residency program, kind of on a whim. And they also found you on LinkedIn. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was more random. I was going to go to one coast or the other. I thought I was actually yeah. going to go to the West Coast oh, okay. until the last minute. And odd circumstances at the yeah. time kind of randomly ended up out in Boston. And so I ended up finishing my residency. That was only three years. And then when it was sort of time to like start your life yeah. and make the call Figure and have your first real job, I had a lot of friends still in the city of Boston, people I'd known through residency. So I ended up staying there, same hospital, and sort of establishing a practice there and was there for four years. And then seven years in Boston, and I kind of 
still kind of felt the sense like, I don't know, the East Coast isn't home. I'm a Midwesterner at heart. You know, everything brings you back. Always. And I didn't want to. You wanted to be with the bros. I didn't want to move to Cincinnati. I wanted to be with the bros. Realistically, like there just weren't enough bros in Boston. But it's funny. It was like, no, I just want the Midwestern boy and the Cubs hat and the plaid shirt, you know. Um, So the damn plaid shirt. Oh, my God. Like my my fantasy of my 20s. Jesus. So I ended up, yeah, heading, kind of still wanted a big city, but wanted to be in the Midwest. This was kind of perfect. And honestly, within days of moving to Chicago, rather than like taking years to kind of develop my niche in Boston, I love Boston too, but it felt like home. It was nostalgic for childhood. Like, oh, there's the quote, rock and roll McDonald's that I remember. There's the Gino's pizza that we used to eat at when I was a 10 year old. This is just my neighborhood now. So Chicago feels, feels like a great fit for me. My immediate family is about five hours away still in Cincinnati. It's like an easy drive to get to them, but it's nice. Yeah. I love it. I always think it's funny. Like I was talking to somebody about this recently that you wrote when you were eight years old, like I'm going to move to Chicago. Cause like, that's what you truly yeah. believe then. Yeah. And ultimately you sort of move back to Chicago. I always have told people I'm going to live in LA for many reasons, but I like pseudo vacation pseudo live in like Orange County when I yeah. was younger. And I lo- like when I was in my early twenties, I used to tell people I half grew up in LA. That is just false. There's no truth to <laughs> yeah. that, but that was like my line. And that was what we went with. And now as an adult, I'm like, in so many ways, I would love LA. And in so many ways, I wouldn't. Yeah. I always just go back to like 12 year old me know best. Like, right. should I have gone to LA? Like, I just always come back to it. So I'm always interested, like when other people have kind of gone to many cities and then come back yeah. somewhere. Is it, it, the dream like equate to the fantasy? Yeah, that you're yeah. Like, does it all totally? And it's like, you know, you get here and you're like, all right, flannel, backwards hat. Turns out I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah. Like how, you know, it's, it's, it's funny the things that we envision for ourselves. And I think that's maybe the point to this whole conversation is like the things that we envision for ourselves plus a decade plus two decades what that comes to look like in many ways is sometimes similar and sometimes drastically different yeah and it's kind of got to be okay either way my mom always used to say what's the quickest way to make god laugh (laughs) tell him your plans yeah and you know that sticks with me just because it's funny i mean that's how things work right I think if anything I have always been someone who kind of can see both sides to everything Mm -hmm. can see multiple trajectories and it allows you to have an open mind but then sometimes it's hard to narrow the path down yeah even on the husband children the family front I froze my eggs when I was 35 I don't know maybe one day I want kid you know and so I don't know I think if you have a really narrow trajectory of exactly what you want then in some ways it's easy then to put one foot in front of the other and like check your box box, make that your goal you got it only date the men who will give you exactly that on paper And yet at the same time, so the other side, which is like, it could go this way or it could go that way. I could do A or I could could do B. That's kind of more my ballpark. Yeah. And it it sometimes makes it hard because you sort of dabble in a bunch of things or it's hard to commit to one specific thing. It's almost like unorganized thought process. A little disorganized. And yet it kind of means that each journey can kind of be beautiful in its own way. You don't have to be attached to an outcome specifically. They don't all look the same either then. Yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, 
the girlfriend that tells all of my girlfriends to go have a whirlwind. Yeah. Like I am queen of a whirlwind. At this point in my life, I'm exhausted from whirlwinds. (laughs) Universe, I'm done, thank you. Yeah. But like, I feel like I've had more whirlwinds than anyone on this planet because I was always signing up for the thing that made no sense. Yeah. Simply because- Why not? Like, why not, Yeah. right? And a lot of my girlfriends were like, oh, oh, here's my list. Yep, check, check. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, you don't, yep. Right. This doesn't work next. Weed it out. Weed like, it out. Yeah, keep, keep, keep going. And keep then them. if and when right. some of these long relationships for them have ended, they've suddenly gotten these whirlwind moments. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, should I do it? I'm like, just go. Yeah. And my statement has always been this, and I swear I'm going to say this till I am the 80-year-old grandma. I'm like, because at some point you're going to be an 80-year-old grandma. And like, what else are you going to have to talk about? Right. You've got to live a life now so that when you're 80, you at least have something to talk about. Yeah. You got to, you got to. You're not going to remember anything else. You got to enjoy the journey. You yeah. gotta, you know, you gotta play a little bit. You can't take yeah, things too seriously. It can't you gotta be, be this open. forever checklist because you're just not gonna. There's gonna be no moment of spontaneity that's gonna create this like magical thing. Yes, one hundred. You know, the magic is never in the checklist. I hate the checklist. I hate the. Che- I think like on almost every single podcast. I've talked about how much yeah. I hate the checklist. Which is funny because you're a Virgo. You would think you might like the uh, checklist. That's right. I I like the checklist that has to do with my daily to-do list. I like the checklist that is my shopping list. Yes. I do not like the life checklist. I, we're on exactly the same like, page. Do not like the life checklist. You're like speaking my gospel. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I read your answers and I was like, this is very strange. She has written all my answers. <laughs> so <laughs> Except funny. for that I'm not a doctor. I could not be a doctor. To be a doctor, one has to sit still and read a lot of books. I can't do those things. Yeah. Therefore, I could never be a doctor. But, like, outside of that, right at my alley. Have you spoken with any of the sort of intuitives that are at Beyond? Have you had any sort of moments where you were like, huh, interesting. Like, anything they've said to you that, like, really has resonated in a way where you were like, I didn't didn't see that one coming. Yes. Well... I will say I have gotten treatments through Sandra and I kind of alluded to the fact that I have my own spirit guides. So this is its own story. I'm actually writing a book. My mother bought a Ouija board at a garage sale for 50 cents. Okay. And a couple of years ago, I decided I was going to utilize it to reach okay. out to whatever ghosts or guides or spirits want to talk do. to me. I As was, one does. I was bored over Thanksgiving. As one does with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Was doing it myself and actually got... Something going. Some, some good answers to it. Okay. And there's a very long story that is probably best left for another time. Yeah. But over the course of a, a year and a half to two years, I was able to get very distinct messages through a board, to ghosts, to spirit yeah. guides. And very it became a positive experience. Yeah. I would get these messages and they would help me in my life and even help me with patients and mm. help me with things. And I went to Sandra and... In part of my treatment, and she's an intuitive, she kind of reads your back. I was telling her, so I'm able to reach my guides. They're very helpful. However, I have to use this damn board. Like, this is stupid. like, silly. I feel like I'm like a 12-year-old at a birthday party. And now we're going to play Seventh Heaven next. Um, And I realize this is so fucked up, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how else to do it. And she said... She not thinking it's weird at all because welcome to Beyond yeah. and our energy yeah. there. She's um, like, oh, we actually have one um, in the closet. Like, Should I get it for you? She's like, it's because you need a 
tool. Mm-hmm. You're just a very cerebral person and you need the tool to utilize the board. She said, I'm going to do a little something that I think will help with that. Mm-hmm. And no joke, within two weeks, I was able to retrieve my messages in my mind, almost like in Queen's Gambit, like <laughs> yeah, pieces yeah. Of, without utilizing the board. So they're still very much a part of my life, but I gift Sandra for giving me the energy of that, which is so really Sandra just yeah freed you from the damn board she freed me from the board and (laughs) it doesn't really get more woo-woo than that but like you uh, get otherwise you imagine like you in this poor board I'm uh I'm hopefully not insane but yeah that's fine that's fine I have I've spoken to like two or three mediums I've actually spoken to another guest on the podcast about this yeah I've spoken to two or three mediums and The best experience I've ever had. So both of my parents have passed away. Okay, I'm sorry. I appreciate that. And the best experience I ever had, my best girlfriend, she listens to this. She's going to know it's about her. Yeah. My best girlfriend is just like not woo-woo. Like there's just (laughs) no percentage of woo-woo in her. Yeah. She's a, you know, she was raised, she's from Ohio, from a really small town, raised somewhat religiously. Like, she just doesn't. She doesn't go with that. No, but like, she gives me all the space in the world to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But like, it just doesn't need to cross the fence. Yeah. So we're living together. And it's her cat now. But we, it's sort of, this cat was like a communal cat at one point. Like, we got the cat in college, and the cat has lived with many of our friends in college. Yeah. And so it's sort of like this communal cat that, like, had many parents. But now her and her boyfriend, it, it is their cat. It is, for many years, it has been their cat. But I am living with her at, this is years ago, I'm living with her. And this is the first time we have lived together since the cat is living with us. And the cat never meowed. Like, the cat was not a meower. Yeah. And I move in, and suddenly this cat won't shut up. Like, the cat will not shut up. Oh, that's so funny. The cat sits on my bed, specifically, and just meows all day. (laughs) And so I go to... Picking up on your energy. Literally, just like a meowing cat. Endless meowing. So I go and have my first interaction with a medium then, when this situation is happening. And and, and I'm a little skeptical, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I had... It's weird. It was very, like... I felt as though my energy was like, you need to go talk to this person. Mm -hmm. And yet I was completely and utterly skeptical of all of the things that I was doing. Like I was doing them and being like, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. What am I doing? Also, I must call this person. (laughs) Like it was, I was living in this like two-minded place. I get it. The medium, long story short, that day, like the medium wanted to cancel and ultimately didn't. And when I got there, they were like, I don't have the energy to do this, but I need you to know that like whoever your spirit guides and people are, one of them is immensely annoying. (laughs) And I felt as though if I didn't meet you, she was never going to shut up. Very my mother. And so we start chatting and he goes, do you have a cat? And I go, well, no. (laughs) And he's like, fine. Does someone you know have a cat? And I go, yeah. He goes, does the cat live with you? And I go, no. And he goes, does the cat live with you right now? And I go, yes. Like, I'm not going to give you anything. I was like refusing to give this man anything. And he goes, does this cat make a lot of noise? That's so funny. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, just know the cat and your mom, they're just very connected. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I went home and I told my very 
lovely best friend yeah. who was Catholic about her meowing cat. I don't know what happened to her, but she was not happy. And oh, to God. this day, she's like, can we just not talk about the meowing? Oh, my God. She, like, it just... It's like, just not that... We, like, we, it can't yeah. be that. I don't know what it is, but it can't be that. And so, like, let's not talk about it because yeah. I cannot be a part of a conversation where yeah. your dead mom is talking through the cat. Yeah. Like, just let's not go there. Like, it's not I, for everyone. I yeah. understand that your dead mom is talking through the cat, but I also can't wrap my head around the fact that yes. this is what's happening. So can we just not discuss the meowing cat? <laughs> You're like, it, w- it won't break a friendship. Yeah, like, fine. And to this day, the cat, like, now, you know, I don't live with said cat. Yeah. But the cat meows now. Do you still think about your mom when you see it? No, I don't think it's the same as it was when we were all living together. I think it was very, like, it was very weird. Like, the cat literally only did certain things in my room, in my bed. Yeah. It was very connected to, like, my energy. Yeah. And, like, my space. My dog does weird shit, for sure. Yeah. I'm very clear when my dog is, like, connected to things. Yes. (laughs) So funny. Um, But, yeah, no, my, you know, the meowing cat was my dead mom talking to me makes Nikki really happy. There's a lot of odd energy. Yeah, it's just like there's odd stuff. And yeah. like, you know, some people are like, I'm good, thank you so much. Yeah. And others and others of us are like, yeah, that's about right. And like, that, no, that totally tracks. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. I but yeah, that reminds it. me. So when I saw Sandra too, yeah. and at one point, most people in life were like your friend, like just a lot of people in life would think it would be extremely weird. And yeah. she was just like, your spirit guides are so funny. <laughs> yeah, like oh that's my funny. God, they're like talking to me right now. Like, and then yeah. just goes and does her acupuncture. And yeah. Again, like, welcome to be on. Like, <laughs> it's our energy, but, oh. you know, it helps. That makes me, it's even bizarre to me that, like, now I know it's, like, for those of you just listening and not from Chicago and don't comprehend, like, my condo building is literally the next building next to beyond. Now I just feel like I'm, like, surrounded by good juju. Now I feel like it's, like, fucking me all over. good juju, yeah. Yeah, like, there's really good juju really not that far away from me now. It's awesome, yeah. We're watching over you. That's, I'm like, oh, the good juju, like, if the wind blows right, it'll, like, blow right over here. Well, I think, too, coming to beyond, going to a place like that, where it is this beautifully aesthetic oh environment. A lot of people is, are successful. Yeah. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of what Influence. could be yeah. a sense of entitlement and superficiality yeah. and negative things. And so I think what I love and what has impressed me since I've been there is amidst all of what could be a very superficial, like overly snotty environment. Yeah really isn't. And it ultimately is, is very expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but there is this energy, authentically, I would say, mm-hmm. amongst most people there, and both including the staff and the medical personnel yeah. and the patients and the members of just good vibes, like good love and light energy. And I think that was so important because it was sort of like, I don't I don't want to come to a place like this and just put on a show. Yeah. If I'm going to come to a place like this and be out there mm-hmm. as sort of a healing presence, it better be a healing presence. It, yeah. And it feels like it is. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's so important. Yeah, I don't think that everyone, like, when beyond years ago, right? Like, I'm talking, like, three and a half years ago when it was all kind of in concept and kind of trying to be put together. I don't think that anyone comprehended. And I certainly didn't until this conversation. Maybe a little bit once I realized there was, like, a director of Eastern medicine. But, like, this conversation has really brought that to light, that, like, it really is this this really incredibly unique thing that doesn't exist 
outside of like, there's a place in Utah that like all the celebrities go to. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe like a Canyon Ranch style or Yeah, something. it's called like, the I'm aesthetic sure is there. also like stunningly beautiful. And yeah. it's like on my list of places that like one day, I don't know how, but one day I will go to. But it's this like resort, literally if you type in cele- Utah Celebrity Resort. Yeah, comes you'll up. find it. It's called Amanjiri. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Okay, the aesthetic is beyond, but like in a mountain setting. When I heard about beyond and I started to comprehend beyond in my mind, it was like that place, but as a members club in a city, as a part of your life, rather than just like this resort that you go to detox to, or you go to like clear your head or try and get your life together. And then you go back to your life. Yeah. This is sort of a way to integrate that same energy into your life. This is just your afternoon. Right. This is just where you work remotely. This is just where you go to yoga. Yeah. It's awesome. Amazing. Like I said, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. This was cool. So fun. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore, and it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please, go share. The story I'm thinking of, I'm in the first grade, so I'm, it's 95, right? Yeah. You can't tell anyone in 1995 that you are putting a hot glass jar on your child who is five years old's back and lighting a flame under it. You can't, you can't (laughs) tell that story. That would look terrible. Like now that's like normal. Like they are calling child protective services. Yeah. So there's like, you know, it's some winter I have like bronchitis, whatever. I had some like upper respiratory situation going on and my mom sends my dad to go do cupping on me and he burns me, obviously an accident. My mom decides that this is a catastrophe because she can't send me to school because they for sure somebody is going to call child protective services. Yeah. Because her oh child God. has been like burned. There's to death. child abuse happening. Like there's child abuse. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just like coughing up a lung. Oh and like my mom is trying to solve her problem the way she knows how. Yeah. And so I, anytime now I see people like out on the street and they have the marks from cupping and I'm like, if only you guys knew. Yeah. My mom thought like her children would be taken away because she, they're like, we had marks like that. And now everyone's walking around and it's like this, almost like this, like, I don't know, like this badge of honor of like, I did this thing. Yeah. And yeah. I was like hidden in a closet until it peeled. That's so funny. And nobody went after your parents. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Like my God. mom literally hid me at home for a week until it like kind of. She could looked reasonable enough. Yeah, like yeah. didn't look like somebody literally came after me with like a flame. <laughs> <laughs>